Welcome to The City Podcast, a ministry of Ambassadors Church in Pawtucket, Rhode Island. If you'd like more information about our church, visit our website at wearethecity.org. Thanks for tuning in, and we hope you are blessed by today's word. I want to say to you, if you have faith like a grain of mustard seed, you will say to this mountain, move from here to there, and it will move, and nothing will be impossible for you. Amen? One more scripture that I'm going to read for us. You don't need to turn there. I'll just read for us. In 2 Corinthians chapter 12, verses 9 and 10, it says this. Each time he said, my grace is all you need. My power works best in weakness. So now I am glad to boast about my weaknesses so that the power of Christ can work through me. That's why I take pleasure in weakness, in hardship, in insult, in persecution, in trouble. Because when I suffer, I suffer for Christ. For when I am weak, then I am strong. Let's pray this morning. God, we, we love you. We thank you, God, for this word. And we pray that we'd be transformed by it. We ask, God, that in, in Jesus' name, every person, God, would receive a word that, that would affect them deeply. We ask in the name of Christ our Lord. Amen. Amen. So Alini and I just got back uh, with a few others, actually, from a trip to celebrate the wedding of... Eli and Savannah. Uh, so they are now in wedded bliss over there in Italy. I believe they come back today from, from their honeymoon in Italy. And it was a, a beautiful trip. I mean, it was so cool to be able to travel with some, some of the folks from church and celebrate uh, their wedding. Uh, I, I'm like, Eli and Savannah would be the ones who can't get married in Pawtucket, right? They're, they're the ones who are so free-minded and so independent thinkers that they're like, let's not even go to Newport. Let's go to Florence, Italy. That's just, that's just so them. And, uh, but they are, uh, there is no couple that I know was created for each other more than, I mean, obviously after me and my wife created for each other more than Eli and Savannah. They are just a match made in heaven. Um, but it was cool because our, our anniversary was last week. So it kind of was a two for one celebrating the wedding, but also kind of an anniversary trip as well. And, and we stayed in uh, Florence for the wedding. And then last Saturday, uh, Alina and I drove to Zurich, Switzerland to stay with a friend of hers from Hillsong College who lives in Zurich, her and her husband. Um, and, and so that was interesting. You know, we, we, we rented the car and I thought this car is way too cheap for this full week. I, I wonder what the catch is. But, you know, I was just praying, you know, just asking the father to grant favor. And, and I, I, you know, driving in America is one thing. Driving in Europe is another thing. And I'm not saying, you know, driving in other places isn't more difficult. There may be places that are way more difficult than where we were driving. But it was just, I mean, speed limits are, you know, there is none, right? There's a sign that says the speed that you should go, but it doesn't really matter. And, uh, and so we're just, you know, driving. And I, Alini was so tense. The entire, the entire, it was a six and a half hour drive to, from Florence to Zurich. And, uh, and, and that's, 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 a, that's a ways, right? And she was tense the whole, I mean, you know, the little handbar on the, on the side of the car, she broke that thing pretty much. I mean, like she was so, t- I mean, her neck muscles were just like, I'm like, girl, chill. Like, we're gonna, we're gonna, we're gonna get there. We're highly favored. I mean, like, the the, the calling of, like, we have to get there. That's just the way this deal works. So we're we're driving, driving, driving. I'm trying to keep up, you know. And and then there's like no lights. It's rotaries, and and rotaries, you know, they put this little rotary in Central Falls. You know, this little thing that's like pointless. 
You know that rotary they threw over there for no reason? It's like, why is that there? I don't know if they're trying to be artsy or trying to be cool or make CF look like something it's not, but they put that little rotary that you almost have to like back up to be able to go around the curve because it's so tight. And then they put all those cones there. And now I think those cones are gone because, you know, whatever. But, but th- that rotary is nothing compared to the rotaries that we, that we would drive through. Now, if you know a little bit about geography, there's a mountain range between Italy and Switzerland. So Italy is here, Switzerland's up here. There's a mountain range between the two countries called the Alps. I mean, that's, that's not hills. Those are snow-capped, humongous mountains between Italy and, and Switzerland. And so, you know, in order for you to get from point A to point B, you got to drive through these mountains. There's, there's a mountain range there. And so, you know, we were, we were heading, toward, heading toward Switzerland. I'm driving, you know, it's kilometers per hour. So I don't I have no idea how fast I was going the entire time. I don't know if hundreds a lot, a little. I don't, I don't know. I'm just going what I feel is right. So, uh, and, and then the GPS switched to kilometers on us. And I'm like, oh, in the next 30, I'm like 30 kilometers. Is that th- three inches? I don't, like, I don't know how, how, how much a kilometer is. Like, no clue. So we're just driving. I'm like, we'll get there eventually. And, uh, and so, so we're driving and driving and driving. And then all of a sudden we start seeing these snow-capped mountains. Huge. I mean, beautiful. It's like, Photos don't do these mountains justice. It's like when you see a big full moon over here and you're like, I'm going to take a photo and post it. And then you take a photo of the moon and it looks like the stupidest thing you've ever taken a photo of. Anybody ever been there? Photos just don't do it justice. And so we're, we're, we're driving, she's snapping photos and, and, I, and you know, I'm just you know, going at it 100 kilometers per hour, no idea how much that is, but 130, I don't know how many we went. But we're just driving and I'm like, it seems like we're going straight for that mountain. Like, this road's straight. It's not like we're trying to, like, go, like, we are heading straight for that snow-capped mountain. I'm like, this is odd. Like, how are they going to, how are they going to do that? Like, how, how, how are we going to get over this mountain range? Like, I'm a big geography fan. I'm a big, his, like, like, this is like the mountain range that I think Hannibal went over with, like, his elephants back in the day. Like, this is a huge mountain range. And we're heading straight for it. I was reminded, you know, I was, you know, pastor mindset, spiritual mindset. I was reminded of Matthew 17, where Jesus says to his disciples, look at that mountain and say, be moved, and it will be moved. And I'm like, Lord Jesus, move that mountain. And it's still there. Like, it's not like Jesus was saying some mountains. He's like, speak to that mountain and say, be moved. If you have a mustard seed of faith, look at that mountain and say, be moved, and it will be moved. It says, nothing will be impossible for you. You you say amen, but that mountain didn't move. You know, I I think about the mountains that we face this morning, and I, I can't go through a comprehensive list of all the different types of mountains that you may be facing this morning. But I do want to talk about three that you, that this may relate to you is, is number one, the mountain of disappointment, the mountain of disappointment. When I talk about the mountain of disappointment, what I mean by that is those mountains of, you know, it's that thing that you wish had happened, but it didn't. 
It's, it's the mountain of insecurity B- because of those disappointments in life. It's the relationship that didn't work out the way you had wished it would. It's that, that spouse who you've been praying for their salvation. You've been praying that they would come with you to church and, and it still hasn't happened. It's that mountain of a failed marriage and and you already had come from a long line of divorces and you thought you would be the exception, but yet your marriage didn't work out. It's that mountain of, you know, children who you wish would be in the ways of God, but but somehow they haven't chosen Christ and and they're, they're finding themselves in the ways of the world and you're just deeply disappointed with the stage of life that you're in right now. It's the job that fell through, that that job security that you had had for so long, and yet the company went bankrupt and you lost your job, and now you're trying to figure out how to proceed with life because bills don't stop when your job does. You know, it's that mountain of disappointment, and you're staring at it, and, and you know, disappointment is a very real thing. It's, it's, it's one of those things that each and every one of us deal with in, in a certain way way. And some of us manage stress better or worse than others, but, but all of us are prone to face seasons of life where we feel deeply disappointed. And I don't mean disappointment like when you go to a restaurant and they don't have your favorite meal. I'm talking deeper than that. I'm talking those, those you feel disillusioned by how life has happened. You've read the promises of God and the promises of God seem to have not come to pass for you. I'm not talking light disappointments. I'm talking about serious disappointments where you feel like God has failed you. Have you ever felt just that that deep grief for how you thought things would go, but it didn't? You've heard sermons about hope and you've heard sermons about great faith and you've heard sermons about faith moving mountains, but you feel like your mountain is right there in front of you and it's not moving anywhere. Have you ever been disappointed by the way life is turning out and you feel like you've been so faithful to God? Why has God not been faithful to you? You know, that that's a very real human sentiment, a real human emotion that us Christians go through. Make no mistake, Christians feel disappointed. Make no mistake, though there are some of us who have been praying for a certain thing for so long and we feel like God has yet to answer that request that we've given to him? Have you ever felt like your prayers are literally just bouncing off of the ceiling and going nowhere? Have you ever felt like in in worship that your singing is not doing anything? Have you ever stared at the preacher on a Sunday morning and just stared right through him because you feel like none of the words that he's saying or she's saying have any relevance to what you're going through? You're disappointed with life and, and, and you feel like your faith is being sucked right out from under you. It's a very real human thing. Some of us are disappointed this morning with the way life is going. It, or maybe mountain number two is that mountain of lack. Have you ever felt like you just lack? It's financially, right? You feel like there's nothing that you can do to get ahead. As soon as that one bill is paid, three more come in. As soon as you feel like that debt collector is taken care of, nine other things show up. And then the job goes. And then the pay cut. And then the this. And then the that. And then the spouse loses the job. And you feel like you can never get financially ahead. Have you ever felt like you lack in terms of your gifting? That you don't have what it takes to do what God called you to do? You're not smart enough. You're not educated enough. You're not charismatic enough. 
You're not gifted enough. You don't sing good enough. You don't speak good enough. You, do, you, you, you can't do it. You, you lack. And you start looking at what you don't have. And it feels like this huge mountain between you and where you're supposed to be is this mountain of things that you don't have. You're not good enough. You're not good enough. You don't come from the right family. You don't, you don't come from the right background. You don't have the resources it takes to do what you feel like God called you to do. Have you ever felt that way where, where you just don't have it? It's that mountain of lack, that mountain of, 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 of disappointment. And number three is that mountain of me. Have you ever felt like you're the mountain that stands between you and, and, and who God called you to do, who God called you to be? It's like you're the block. You feel like your sin habits are the thing that's blocking you from being who God called you to be. You, you feel like it's your, it's your poor character. It's your, it's your issues. It's your past. It's your, it's your baggage that's holding you back from being who God called you to be. Did you know sometimes I feel like, you know, my greatest enemy is not the devil. My greatest enemy is me. Can I get somebody who agrees with me on that? Because I know that the devil has no hold on me because I'm covered by the blood. But sometimes I feel like I still have a hold on myself. Like I'm the one who holds myself back. I know that the devil got nothing on me because I'm covered by the blood. But sometimes I feel like my own self-doubt is the biggest mountain that keeps me from being who God called me to be. It's the mountain of me. It, and, and I make it all about me. When I begin thinking that it's, 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 it's my issues, it's my stuff that's holding me back from being who God called me to be. You know, I know I'm not speaking to a room that doesn't understand what I'm saying. I know that many of you are facing disappointment. I know that many of you are sitting here and maybe you're staring me dead in the face, but you are the one who, who feel like you're the one that's standing between you and God. You can't get over the fact that you can't get over this sin cycle. It's you, you repent, you go back. You repent, you go back. You, you, you say sorry and you go back to doing your same old thing. I know that I'm not speaking to a room that has no clue what I'm saying. I know that I'm not speaking to people who have no mountains in life. I know that there are those who are facing deep disappointment, those that are facing deep insecurity, and those who are feeling like there is nothing that's going to get you over that mountain. Maybe there, and, and, and here's the thing. Church, let's be factual with each other. Let's, let's talk truth. Fact is, a lot of us put on a good front that things are smooth sailing. Let's, let's just be frank. And let's just kind of fess up to the fact that a lot of us put on our church face when it comes to the problems that we're dealing with, and we say, amen, it's going to be all right. And I believe it's going to be all right, but there's issues that we need to go through. There are mountains that we are facing here this morning that I believe are right there in front of you, and I'm here to give you a word of hope. So I'm, I know things are kind of seeming grim right now, but there's a conclusion to this sermon that's going to be, there's a good hook coming. So it's like, wow, he came back from Italy really negative. I need to be negative before I can get to, like, the part that you're going to say, wow, I need to go to that altar. It's coming. But fill in the blank of what your mountain is. Fill in the blank. What, what is it this morning? Sometimes I feel like there's a mountain between me and my worship. Right? I come into church. I'm ready to, I'm ready to sing. I'm ready to give it. And then you come, and it's like, there is something, God, between me and you right now. There's a mountain there. Maybe there's a mountain between you and your word. You, 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 you want to crack open the Bible and read, and, but there's just something there that's blocking you from seeking him. Maybe there's a mountain between you and your family members. You feel lonely in the middle of people. 
There, there's, there's, there's nothing and nobody that can make you feel accepted and wanted because you feel so ostracized, so separated, so secluded that no, nobody can even draw close. Sometimes these mountains isolate us. It keeps us alone. It keeps us kind of disconnected from the body. It keeps us disconnected from the presence. And, 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 and I want to be as real with you this morning as possible because mountains are real. Mountains are real. You know, if mountains weren't real, Jesus wouldn't have talked about it. Jesus wouldn't have mentioned it. Jesus wouldn't have made a big deal about it. I mean, this, hap- this scripture that we read this morning takes place in more than one gospel. And so we know, we know that we know that Jesus said this, is that he wanted us to realize that there will be mountains. And then he begins to say there in Matthew 17, that if you speak to that mountain and tell it to move, it'll be moved. Going back to my story, I'm Kate Verdian. Any Kate Verdians in the house? I've been to Cape Verde a few times. Y'all were all silent during my three fire points just now, but now when I said Cape Verde, I was like, yeah, hallelujah. Felt good. Point number four, Cape Verde. Yeah. Amen. For those of you that aren't, fill in the blank with your culture and say amen. There we go. <laughs> Latinos. Whites. <laughs> Weakest, most pitiful. Guilty. One, two, three, four. (laughs) There you go. (laughs) Fill in the blank with whatever yours is. Yes. Yeah. When I went to Cape Verde, I love Cape Verde. There's, there's something about landing there that's just awesome. <laughs> First of all, it's awesome that they even are able to land on a place like that. That's what's awesome, number one. I mean, it's so awesome that they land there that everyone claps when they land there. That's, that's how awesome it is. Because it's a miracle every time that thing lands. Because they use that thing so many times that, I mean, it's like Cape Verde, Brazil, Portugal, Netherlands, America, Cape Verde. Uh, switch this engine for that engine. Keep going. Uh, pack up all the tuna and all the... I mean, it's, it's wild how, how much they use that plane. So they, so they land in Cape Verde. Everyone claps. Like, kind of like the golf clap. You know, the golf clap is like just a light clap. Like it, it, I mean, but it's like, bravo. And then it's, we've landed. Great. Hallelujah. We've made it. Praise God by the grace of God. And, uh, and the, every time we've gone to Cape Verde, this is just a tradition of ours. I don't know if every family does this when they go visit. Uh, the capital, but this is what we do. We take one day to drive from the, the capital city to the interior, to the, like, the city that's in the middle of the, like, it feels like it's in the middle of the island. And, uh, and Cape Verde's mountains. I mean, every, every, these are mountains in the middle of the ocean. So we drive from the capital city to the thing. First time we went, these roads were still cobblestone. So you're driving, like, crazy the whole I mean you literally have like a twitch by the time you get to your destination you're like did we make it I don't know wild it's like my neck didn't need that neck I guess now they've paved it so it's like next level next level everything they heard that word and they were like let's pave um so they they paved from I think that that road because I wonder how my GPS would work in Cape Verde I don't know if it would because it's like a road that just like, 
goes everywhere and <laughs> goes back around. And then there's little roads. I know maybe people get sensitive that I said it's one road, but it, it, it kind of feels like that. So turn the sensitivity down. But uh, so, so we hop on that road and it starts. But Cape Verde is different. You know, you don't just drive there. It's like going from like here to Cranston. You don't, you don't, you don't just drive like I drive from here to, to Warwick, right? It's like, no, you pack up the cooler. You get your drinks, your sodas and waters. I said drinks like it was something else. Sodas, waters, ready. You, you pack up your breads. Bread is a plural word. So you pack up your bread and, uh, and, you, and you head on this trip. Now, it feels like it takes days. Now, it's not that far. It's not that big of an island. It's a big island, but it's not that big. So, but it feels like it takes, it's an all-day affair. And we stop along the way. Because if you don't stop along the way, yeah, you, like, if you've never been car sick, this, this trip will make you car sick if, you don't, if, you've never, if you're not used to it. Now, these roads are, people are driving fast, both directions. There are segments of this road that have no guardrail. No guardrail on the curves. But it's like a steep cliff. Boom, right there. Like, if, I don't even know what you would do. Who do you call? 911. I bet you if I call 911 here, they'd make it faster over there than if I called 911 there. 911 from Pawtucket would make it first. I don't know what would happen. Turn the sensitivity down. It's fine. But, but you know, and then they're just like, <sighs> fast. And it's like two ways. Like, this shouldn't be two ways. Two ways paved, thank God, because that cobblestone, nobody could handle it. And, 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 and you just go around the mountains. You go up, zigzag. Zigzag, zigzag, zigzag. Up, down, valley. Up, down, valley. Look, here's a little village. Here's some nice kids walking to school. There you go. I mean, just me doing this, you can feel how wild it feels the first time that you did it. Now, I've been there a few times, and we do this every time. I don't know why we all do We We just love it there, I guess. Now I'm kind of like, all right, let's, let's do it. But the first time we took Pete a couple years ago, Pete is a firefighter in America. And this dude was like, we got to stop. I got to breathe. I'm like, boy, you better man up. Welcome to CV, baby. But down, oh, oh, all the way. And then you finally get to this spot. I believe there's a little cross there, actually. Is there a little cross there where you look over and you see, you see your hometown? Totoa's hometown. Somada is the name of the city. That's the destination. That's point B. Somada used to be a small little thing. Every time I go back, the city's bigger. I don't know where they're going to go next because they're surrounded by, by mountains. But you get to this spot and there's this cross and you're like, we made it to the promised land. That's how it feels. We made it. And we always stop there and take pictures. That's just tradition. We already have nine pictures that look exactly the same. But we do it anyway. That's just what we do. Averdians love pictures. So we stop. We take a picture. If there's a plant, oh, we'll take nine pictures. What was next to the plant? So we uh, take the photo. Sensitivity down. And we go the rest of the way to, to the city of Somada. Somada has... The best little corn pastel ever for the Latinos pastelito. 
I've been around them long enough that I know their culture now. It's, it's kind of like our equivalent of how excited y'all are about pupusas. That's, that's how great it is. Y'all love pupusas. I know y'all are going to pupusa today, right? There you go. <laughs> exactly. They're going. They're excited about it too. So I, one time I went, I need to stop because it's already 10.06, but I have two weeks bottled up, so I got to finish. Is, uh, there was one time that we went, we go to the high school because we, we just went to the high school. I think we were going to visit some teacher there or something. And they had a cafeteria and they were selling these little pastelitos pupusas of corn. Pastelitos de corn. Pastel de milho. Pastel de milho. Every language possible. So that's, that's, that, and I had at least 20, 25 of them because you just can't stop. You're eating one and you're already grabbing the other. It's like, just constant. But, but here's the thing. We got there, but Cape Verde, you, you get from point A to point B by driving around the mountain. Around. So when we were in Italy last week, I'm like, oh, I'm used to this. I'm ready. Where's the pastelitos? Let's do this. Crack out the sumol. Anybody like sumol? Y'all looked at me like, what is he talking about? So I was like, bad joke. So crack out the sumol. Let's, let's do this. But, but we're getting closer, and it doesn't seem like the roads are going anywhere. And then we get closer and closer, and there's a red light at the base of this mountain. Huge, snow-capped mountain. Red light. I'm like, what are we stopping for? But there's a tunnel right through the middle of this mountain. And this tunnel is so long that they don't let everybody go in at once. They have to stop the amount of cars that are in there at once. So this, this tunnel is not just a tiny tunnel. It's not like Boston. We're talking an almost 11-mile-long tunnel through the mountain. So the green light goes, and we drive right through the middle of that mountain. And this mountain that we drove through was so high that the climate on one side of the mountain was remarkably different from the other side of the mountain. I mean, it was cloudy, rainy on one side. And we drive through that mountain. God, strike me down if I'm lying. Alini, was this not the way it was? And we drive through that mountain and we come out the other side and the sun is shining and the birds are chirping. And I'm like, we've arrived in paradise. Where are my pastelitos? This is a word for somebody. Because sometimes I get discouraged when I read Matthew 17 and it says, look at that mountain and be moved and it, and it will be moved. And I do it and it doesn't move. But what if God has put that mountain there? What if God positioned that difficulty there? Not so that God could move it, but so that you could drive right through it. What if God doesn't want to move it? What if God has it there so that when you get to the other side, you are grateful for the grace it took to sustain you all the way through that mountain? Someone say amen. Sometimes we want it moved or we want to drive around it like in Cape Verde. 
But in Italy, it was a whole other system. You don't drive around it. You don't ask God to move it. You drive right through that mountain, knowing that everywhere you start, God will take you to the other side of it every single time. I think of Jesus, and I think of Calvary. Because between us and Jesus, there was a mountain. Between us and forgiveness, there was a mountain. And this mountain was the mount called Calvary. And in Gethsemane on that last night before Jesus would be tried, convicted, and sentenced, there was a cry out of the heart of Christ, Lord, Father, if it is your will, pass this cup from me. I mean, Jesus was stressed to the point of sweating drops of blood and asking the Father, Lord, move that mountain. But God didn't move it. God didn't see fit to move that mountain. Even though Jesus was the favored son, the only son of the Father, Christ asked the Father, if it is your will, move this mountain. Yet, not my will, but yours be done. And so, shortly thereafter, the mountain that Jesus asked the Father to move would be the place that Jesus would die. And you wonder, God, how could you let that happen to your only son? And the reason is complicated but simple. The complex version goes into the intricacies of the doctrine of God and who he is. But the cut down simple version is this, is that God loves you. That's why God let Jesus die on that mountain was because he loves you. And that's why God will allow us to go through the mountains that we go through is because he loves us. Because you'll be better off on the other side of it than you are right now. Because on the other side, you'll be able to look back and say, your grace was sufficient for me and your power was made perfect in my weakness. So look at that mountain. First, pray for it to move. See if God moves it. Because there are some mountains God will move. Second off, ask God to make a way around it. Because I believe sometimes God does make a road around those mountains. And if that first prayer is a no, and that second prayer is a no, third off, ask God to give you the grace to go through that mountain. Because I promise you, when you get to the other side, the atmosphere will shift. I believe that the weather will shift. I believe that there will be hope on the other side. Ask for the grace to get through it, and God will see you through. Don't lose heart. You're driving straight for that mountain. And whether God moves it or gives a way around it or takes you through it, you will win. You will win because you are loved. You will win because you are loved. God is not going to give up on you halfway through. He will see you through. Stand with me, church, all across this sanctuary. He will see you.